Welcome to Ennisbrook Church. We hope this message from our sex and location pastor, Jared Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Yes. Come on. Hey, well, uh, it's great to have you here. And uh, can we just thank our worship team this morning as they leave the stage? Um, outstanding worship this morning. Uh, we are blessed with incredible musicians. Uh, really gifted. Well, they are just so gifted. Our, our, our church is, uh, has always been um, a house of worship. It is, that's what it is. We come here to worship God, but there's something on our worship as a church, isn't there? Something about it is just so powerful. Man, this, our team is incredible, and um, all our teams are. But um, listen, it's great to be in church, and uh, I'm excited to share some thoughts with you this morning. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Jared, and uh, it's great to meet you if, if you haven't met me. Uh, Jared Sean Liebzeit is what they call me. Um, I've got other nicknames as well, but we won't go there. One of them was Shrubby, um, and only a small group of people will know what that means. Whoa, yes, these lots. All right. Hey, well, I, listen, we're continuing our themes today of survival mode with a line through it. We put a line through it. You don't really need to say that when you can see it. Eh? <laughs> we'll stop doing that. Uh, we're declaring that we were made, created for more than just survival uh, sometimes that is the mode that we live in. That's the season that we can be in, but we're not meant to stay there. Anyone believe that? We're not meant to stay there. The life that God has for us is about moving forward. And uh, a God-breathed life results in a constant opportunity to build in every season. That's our theme at the moment. And so um, I'm excited to share about it. And uh, before I do, just, um, just a quick message before the message. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've experienced this over the past couple of months, past couple of weeks, maybe you have. There seems to be a lot of people uh, right now in community, in our, around us, or in, even in society that are just asking a lot of questions. Um, for myself and Pastor Graham, there seems to be a lot of questions that come out when we go to the gym, okay? Uh, people asking us questions. The people have stopped asking Graham if they can get steroids from him, which is a really good thing. <laughs> I don't know why they keep coming to him. I think I say, "Hey, it's a bad look. You're a pastor. You need to stop." No, just joking. They don't. They don't say that. They don't say that. But it seems to be that so many people are hungry for for answers and asking questions about what the heck is actually going on right now. People that are, um, you know, Christians, but people that are also non-Christians, asking questions like, "What does this all mean? Like, how does this end? When does this end?" Someone literally has been asking us the question, "When is Jesus coming back?" You know. And this is a person who's not in faith. And uh, I, really, I really think that in this season, we have to be a people, not just as a church, as an organization, but as individuals that actually have some answers prepared, that actually are willing to have some, some conversations with people that are wondering what on earth is happening here because this feels a little bit scary for some people. And uh, we have the answer, right? The answer is Jesus, and there's no accident that people do look to the Christians to see how to respond in times like this. And so let's be ready. Let's be ready to um, answer questions, and let's be ready to be someone's friend. Shall we do that? Yep. I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about being a friend of someone, um, if we can. And uh, I just think this, I've just got this one thought, and it's really this, it's that to truly be a friend to others and to continue to build our lives, we first have to know that we are a friend of God. 
that we are a friend of God. In fact, that's actually today's uh, message title, if you want to write that down in your notes, uh, on your iPhone or your notepad or your Samsung Galaxy, whatever it is. Maybe you bought an iPad. Uh, friend of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I am a friend of God. You can sing it to them as well if you know the song. I am a friend of God. You know that? Does anyone know that song? I am a friend of God. How does it go? I am a friend. Same thing. He calls me friend. Yep, fantastic. All right, this is, this is the scripture I want to read from today. And uh, this is John 15, verse 12, okay? Uh, and it will be on the screen. You can read along with us. It is, it is a, a screen. It's a big screen. This is what it says. Jesus speaking. Uh, says, my command is this. He's talking to his disciples. He says, love each other as I have loved you. He says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's, say it with me, Friends, fantastic. He goes on and he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Next slide. Yes, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have now made known to you. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. And then he finishes by saying this, and so whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. Amen. I want to share some ideas from this uh, passage of Scripture today. This is, uh, uh, okay, here's a question for you. Um, does anyone here just hate feeling excluded? Some people do. Just that feeling of not being uh, uh, invited or included in what's going on. Maybe there's a birthday party that you never saw an invite to, but you saw the, uh, the social media. You know, you saw Instagram stories about it, and you wondered, like, what, what? it's probably still in the mail, just so you know. I hate it when there's a personal joke going on. Have you ever had this when people are like standing in a group laughing and you go over and you ask the question, hey, what are you guys laughing about? And they say this, oh, don't worry, it's a personal joke. I'm a person too, you know, like include me. Like, come on, what the heck? Um, our daughter, uh, Brioni, she had a moment like this recently. And uh, she's, this is, I think this is just one of those, you know, like dealing with a six-year-old type thing. And so you've, if you've raised children, you've maybe have been through this season, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Get, I need your advice. We were um, at home. She had a friend around, okay? And, and for um, today's story, let's call her friend Lucy. Um, that, that is her name. So let's call her that. I don't, why do you, I don't know why I say these things. It's, not, it's pointless. She's around at our house, and uh, somehow the deal was that we would drop her friend home. And uh, so we, it got to the end of the hangout, time to drop her home. We got in the car. Brioni hopped in the car too. We started driving. We live in Appleby. We had to drop her in town. So it was basically like a day trip. Like pack the, sna- pack the snacks and maybe a sleeping bag if things go wrong. You know, like, so we start driving into town. And as we're driving in, Brioni starts a very interesting conversation. And this is what I need some advice on. She's, she says something that's a very risky move. She turns to her friend, uh, Lucy, and she says, Lucy, you're my best friend. I know. It's so cute. It was actually a really cute moment. I was like, oh, that's nice. Oh, Brioni, that's a nice thing to say. And then it was kind of just awkwardly quiet. And then her friend Lucy replied and said, oh, she said, Lily's my best friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey. 
and then things just kind of escalated or, or declined. I don't know, however you want to see it. Um, it got really bad. Things, things took a turn for the worse. We only starts crying in the back of the car. And I'm like, this is not how you want to end the hangout with a six-year-old. Like, this is not, this is not the vibe, guys. Come on. It gets worse. Brioni's starting to get, like, a little bit frustrated. And, and then I think her friend starts to kind of, like, backtrack. She's like, oh, no. Like, you and Lily, you're both my best friends. And Brioni's straight up, and she's kind of savage in some time, some way. She's just like, no, you can only have one best friend, and it better be me, you know. And anyways, I think, I don't know what happened, but basically it kind of calmed down. And then after a little bit of time, Brioni had obviously got so fed up with it and was over it so much that she ended this by saying, I think we were on the motorway at this point, driving at 100 kilometers, maybe 150, because I wanted to get out of that situation. No, joking, I wouldn't do that. Brioni says to her friend, get out of the car. Get out of the car. So... You know, that's just what I'm dealing with at the moment. Um, but then I, we dropped this friend off, and um, it's just me and Brioni driving back in the car. And I say, I'm like, babe, you don't need to ask that question. Like, you don't need to ask if you're best friends. It's just, I mean, I'm trying to explain it. You know, like, you don't really need to have a best friend. You can have heaps of best friends. It's true. And she just responds and says to me, I just wanted to know. I just wanted to know, Dad. I just wanted to know. And I just think, yeah, isn't it? It's probably very true that at times we all just want to know. We just want to know, do we fit in? We just want to know, do we have a place? We just want to know, are we included? Everyone at some point in time just wants to know, do I have a place here? Am I invited to the party? Can I join in on the conversation or are you going to make it awkward for me? (laughs) Am I invited to be a part of the plan? Am I in the in crowd? Let's just be honest for a second. Each and every one of us, we love to be included. We want to be included. And today, as we gather, as we are a part of the kingdom of God, not just because we are gathered, but because we are a part of the kingdom of God, we are included. That we are, we are building something. We are stepping out of maintenance and taking things further. We're moving on from survival mode and going into a flourishing mode. We are in a flourishing mode because the kingdom of God allows us to be. In fact, no one is left out from this thing. Everyone is invited in. Everyone is included. And I want to show that to you. I want to prove to you that you can declare that in this season. We can declare it in every season. You know why? Because, of the, king, because the kingdom of God never stops. The kingdom of God doesn't stop. Psalm 145 verse 13 says this, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Throughout all generations. God's kingdom can never be destroyed, can never be stopped, can never be slowed down or restricted. God's kingdom can never be locked down in any way. And when every generation has always said, oh, this is probably the end. His kingdom, it continues, and he, his, his rule, his reign endures throughout all generations. But you have to think about it like this way, uh, like this. Every generation at some point has thought, this is probably it, guys. Oh, it's getting so bad. You read about the genocide. You read about uh, uh, all these different things. You know, we read about sicknesses and disease and plagues that have been through uh, the world and, and all these different stuff, and nat- uh, natural disasters. There's so many moments in time where it's just been like, oh, this could be the end. But every time we get to that point, what does God do? He just shows up again. He proves that he's still faithful. He proves that he's still 
He's still here, that He's still with us, that God still has a great plan. He shows us that He will still never fail us. He won't fail us. He can't fail us. He, he doesn't know how to fail. <laughs> like he, just, he just does not do that. And so as we come into this season, we have to be convinced that we're not in survival mode because God doesn't let us stay in survival mode. It may feel like it at times, but there's always a way out of it. Anyways, we read the scripture, um, John 15 verse 12. And I think that the disciples potentially were feeling a little bit uncomfortable in this moment. This part of the scripture, it's kind of nearing towards the end of the book of John. It's getting to the point where Jesus is about to be arrested, taken to the cross, and uh, uh, he, he would be put to death on the cross, buried, and then brought back to life. And the disciples, I, I think, it's kind of interesting. that I think they're just starting to like, get their mind around what the plan is. Like Jesus is, is kind of trying to teach them and explain that he's, about to, he's actually about to leave them. You know, he's, he's, he's like, hey guys, I'm, I gotta tell you something. I'm about to go. I'm not gonna be here in flesh all the time. He's telling them about the Holy Spirit though. When he, when he goes, the Holy Spirit can come. You know, like all this kind of stuff. And I can imagine the disciples um, just, just having a bit of a freak out. And they kind of crack me up because they, they start asking some questions. You know, that Jesus is like, guys, I gotta go. And they're just like, why? You know, like, why though? Like Jesus was like, why? Why do you have to? Do you actually have to? <laughs> they thought that Jesus would be some sort of warrior king. They had this idea that Jesus would actually, like a part of what his plan was, was some great big battle that would overthrow Rome, that would give them freedom and salvation that way. They had this kind of idea that that's what it would look like. But Jesus' mission was not to just come and be some sort of warrior king, and he definitely is a warrior king in who he is. But the main thing and his main mission was always to come to create a way so that he could be king of our hearts king of their hearts, king of our heart. And so a part of that plan, he had to go to the cross. He had to die for our sins and for our mistakes so that we could have a pathway, access to, and a connection point to not just like doing life, kind of knowing Jesus, but that we could actually know him personally and intimately. And so in John 14, the disciples start asking these questions. Thomas asks this question, says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how will we know the way? Jesus' response is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm, I'm the way. Then Philip, the lover of horses, he says, Lord, show, show us the Father. He says, just show us the Father. That'll be enough. He's like, hey, well, how about we just, let's just, let's just see the Father now. Let's just reveal it all to us now. That would be great. And you know what Jesus' response is? He's like, you know what, guys, you may not understand this, but you've actually already seen the Father through me. He says, you've already seen the Father through my actions and my works and the things that I've done. And I can't just do that. We can't, you can't just come with me, Jesus. is like, you've got work to do. Jesus is like, you actually have now a responsibility and a call to continue the work that I started. And so then we get to John 15, verse 12. This is where it brings us to this moment where Jesus is giving them some ideas on how they can actually carry that work out. And the first thing he says is, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. And I wanted to share all of that just to unpack this one idea for us today, that you and I 
are called during this season, like the disciples were, to live a certain way, to love people like Jesus did, to build the kingdom of God, and within that, build our own lives. And here's the key. We're not called to it as servants. We're actually called to it as a friend of God. We're called to it as friends of God. We're called to it as His friend, close in relationship with Him. That's amazing. That's incredible. That means that we are included on a deeper level, that we are invited into the inner circle of the kingdom of God. This is massive for us. This is like insane for us. It means that we can stop stressing out about everything. I mean, there's still be moments of stress, but it means that we don't have to continue to stress about the what because we can rest in the who, not the band, in Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> personal joke. It's a personal joke for the musos. Uh, the who is a band. That means we don't have to keep stressing and holding on to and worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow because we can, we can just rest in the fact that we know Jesus. We know personally who He is. I don't freak out about the future because I'm a friend of God. I could say I don't let anxiety into my life because I'm a friend of God. I don't lose heart about my situation because I am a friend of God. I can trust God's plan and His timing because I'm a friend of God and I have a little bit of an insight into what His business is actually about. I'm included on a deeper level. And if you and I can actually start to understand and learn what it means to base our decisions off the fact that I'm in relationship with God, our life can start to be built. We need to be reminded today that we aren't granted access to a relationship with Jesus because we filled up some sort of star chart system. We don't get relationship with Him because we ticked all the boxes. But I don't come here to church so that I can hopefully build my relationship with Jesus. I mean, that, that definitely is a part of it and that definitely happens, but the, the, that's not the goal. I don't come here just to build my relationship with Him. No, I come here because I have built a relationship with Him. I come here because of my relationship with Jesus. And in fact, that should be our every single day. The understanding that He just calls us friend. That's amazing. That's our starting point. That's the beginning. That's where it all flows from. That's where it starts. And when you build a relationship with God, listen, when you build your friendship, let's call it that, with God, you build your life. When you learn the ways of actually building your friendship with God, you build your life. Survival mode doesn't stand a chance against someone who has a healthy and on fire relationship with Jesus. Then staying still doesn't have a chance when you are actually fully living in love and passionate about Jesus. It just cannot. We have, to, we have no choice but to keep moving forward. And so, um, yeah, I want to give uh, just some thoughts. So three things that a friend of God has. Three things a friend of God has. And I, th I believe that these are also three things that will help you build your life. All right? Is this okay? Good. Here's the first thing. A friend of God has ownership. We have ownership. We have the ability to have actual ownership of our life. We're not talking about just being a servant here of a master who just tells us what to do and where to go and kind of tells us off along the journey. But we actually have a, a different relationship. We have ownership of our life. Part to, we have a part to play. We have things that we can actually say and a way to contribute. And I also love this, that we have an ownership of a mission. We have ownership of this great mission, a co-mission. It's called a co-mission because it's not just us that are involved. It's not, it's not just us. 
um, we, we have access to and responsibility to the mission that actually Jesus came for. This mission to seek and save the lost, to, to proclaim the good news, to heal the sick, to open the eyes of the blind, to set people free. We actually have an invitation into ownership of that mission. Jesus said it to his disciples. He said, you didn't choose me. He said, I chose you. He said, I chose, I chose you for this. I, I appointed you so that, so that you might know what it is to bear fruit and a fruit that lasts. You know, like anyone that was a disciple of Jesus and is a disciple of Jesus, actually there's, there's a call on their life, not just for them saying, hey, Jesus, I want to be a tag along. It's not about that. There's so much deeper than that. Jesus actually passes down to them the authority and the anointing to carry on the mission that he set out for. And so that means that when it comes to building our life, I believe our attitude should be very different to that of the world. I believe that we should take, maybe take more care of things within our life. Maybe we should take more pride of some things. We should be a little bit more excellent. A little bit, just a little bit more excellent. We don't have to be perfect. But what if we just aim for our best in our everyday and who we are in our work and, and being a mum and being a dad and in our relationships that we're building? If we just, if, if we just understood, I'm, I'm actually a part of and have ownership of the mission of Jesus. And so I better do a very good job of representing him, of carrying that message. We should place a higher value on the things that just seem insignificant and small. God can use everything. And understand this, that your actions actually have a great impact because you do represent the kingdom of God. Because you represent the kingdom of God. So even when you're in the gym and you, and you can just get inside of yourself and just be focused on your own little thing, this kind of this crazy idea that actually people are watching, that people see you. And as I said before, people want to know what, maybe what it is that you think. Maybe what goes a little bit deeper than just the surface in your, in your life. Being a part of the kingdom of God makes you a leader. We have an opportunity to set the example. Uh, people are looking to Christians for the answer because we know the answer and the answer is Jesus. And here's the other thing. We have ownership because relationship with Jesus is not about obligation. It's all about grace. It's actually a choice. It's actually a decision. You can either choose to follow the commands of Jesus or you can choose to follow something else. You could choose to believe in Jesus or you could just choose something else. There's no obligation. You know what that means? That means when I'm here right now and everywhere I go as I follow Jesus, I'm not there as a servant. A servant would have to be there. I'm there as a friend. I choose to be there. I want to be there. I'm buying in, man. I've got ownership of this thing. I'm excited about it and I'm passionate about it. And ah, man, God can do great things with that. That will help you build, that will help you build your life. Second thing is this, the ability to believe for more. A friend of God has the ability to believe and ask for more, okay? Um, it's, like, it's like this, and you maybe have had a friend like this when you were growing up. You could go to their house, and, uh, and you could go to their like, pantry, and you could just eat all their food. Maybe you had a friend like that. Maybe you didn't. Um, sorry. But <laughs> I had a friend when I was in school, and uh, his name was Zebra. And if you were in our youth ministry 15 years ago, you'll know who Zebra 
Simon Hislop, again, yes, come on. Actually, Simon was there when this guy got named Zebra. His name's actually Josh. And Simon asked him at our field group when we were like 15, 14, what his name was. He said Zebra. From that point on, that was his name. <laughs> Even through school, all his teachers called him Zebra. Anyways, I would go to his house, his house after school, hang out. We'd play Xbox and, uh, uh, you know, only... Um, PG-13 games, I'm sure, skate or something like that. We'd just like hang out all the time. And I'd go there every day and it got to the point where I just, I just knew that I could go to the pantry and I could make myself a sandwich. Not any sandwich though, okay? Like I'm not talking about like wheat or brown bread, like full on, like probably like white like toast, like thick toast bread and Skippy's peanut butter. Skippy's peanut butter is this American peanut butter. You may know about it. Paul and Lynn probably know about it. It's basically just like peanuts and sugar just crushed together and you just eat it. And it feels like as you're eating it, it clogs your, your heart. But, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> Weird. That's yuck. Anyways, I would go around and I would go there so much that I just knew it was there and I could eat it. It was there and I, I, could, I would just, like, we, well, I don't even know what the point was of even having bread. My mouth was taking the jar and just eat it and eat it. And I just felt comfortable to be able to do that because guess what? I had a friend and I had a relationship. And I love the scripture. Jesus says to his disciples, so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. A friend of God has the ability to just go to the pantry to ask, to just turn up and just know that they can we could just tap into a little bit of more. We could just get, there's more for our life. We can, we can just continue to believe for that and we can ask for that. I, I know it can be hard to do. I know I've asked so many times before. Maybe there's been moments where it's like, well, I've tried that and it didn't work out. And every time I ask, it takes just a little bit more faith and oh, whatever. But the Bible says that if you ask, you shall receive. That if you ask, you receive. And so, so we should be a people who are comfortable with going to the kingdom of God and asking and requesting of God. Yeah. We should be comfortable with asking for peace during times like this. <laughs> asking for joy. We should know what it is to ask for healing and believe for healing. Come on, we do. We should be able to ask for miracles. We should be able to ask for that family member that's unsaved, for that lack of purpose. We should ask and we should do ALC, but we should ask. That's, how it, that's what it should be like. Even the practical things. Maybe there's a, a dream, a desire to have a family home. Why don't you just begin to keep asking for it? Keep asking. You're a friend of God. You can ask for some things, man. You can ask for some things. Why? Because this is not about what, this is about who. And God sees you. God sees you as a friend and a friend of God is close. And when you're close, listen, there's confidence. There's a confidence and there's a trust. If you've stopped asking God, it actually means that you potentially have stopped trusting in Him. And you might actually, without knowing it, be asking of other things around your life that are not Him. You might be putting your faith and your trust and your hope in something else. Can I, just, can I just encourage you, bring it back to Him. Bring it back to God. Allow Him to be that hope, that solid rock in your life. A friend of God can request of God. And uh, disclaimer as well, I, I wanna just say this. I know God works miracles in our lives and things can, can just happen like that. That's our God. He's a miracle worker. But sometimes the miracle comes in actually a form of an opportunity. Sometimes the miracle comes in the form of a next step. You wanted the whole picture. You know, you wanted the whole puzzle piece, but God actually has just given you a little bit. And it kind of feels like disappointment, 
but you have to just trust that that little bit, that's just what you need for the season. You're thinking about the, the Israelites as they're about to cross the Red Sea. They're faced with this massive ocean. This army is coming behind them, chasing them to capture them and take them back to Egypt. And there's a situation in front of them. And what does God do? He doesn't remove it. He actually just creates a way through it. And like, that's the thing. That's how God works. We just want Him to, to get, it, get rid of it. Just move it on. God, just, just, just solve the problem. But actually a part of solving it, He just helps us straight through it. And so we keep asking and just be grateful and thankful for even the thing that seems like it's just a small step. It's just one more step and it's a step closer. We, we establish, no, we make great plans in our heart, but the Lord, He establishes our steps. Third thing, and the last thing is this, and we're gonna finish and the band can come. I know they're hiding somewhere. The third thing is this, be a friend. Be a friend. Matthew 22 Someone asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he responds and says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the first and the greatest. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as you do yourself. Jesus calls us friends out of our brokenness, out of our mistakes. We sung about it before. He is King Jesus. He is holy and perfect and He's glorious. And this blows my mind and it should blow your mind as well. He is both King and our friend. He is above all things, yet is so badly in love with you, madly in love with you. He wants relationship with you and with me, even though, I mean, we're just very imperfect human beings. That's who we are. And because of that, I believe that as a friend of God, we have the opportunity to then display what it looks like to be that type of friend for the people around us that so badly need it. There are people around our world that need you in their world. There are people around us and they are broken and they might be messy and they may not be the people that you ended up wanting to hang out with, but they need you so badly. They need your friendship. They need your friendship. In fact, this is the greatest way to demonstrate that you are a friend of God. Don't just tell people about it. We should show people about it. We should actually show them what it looks like. I think um, during this time, it can be easy for us to isolate ourselves, but we need to make sure we stay connected. We keep building friendships, not just with each other, but with the people that are in our workplaces and within our families. And I know there's so much disunity going on and disagreement, but right now we should fight for unity. We should make sure that over whatever someone's opinion is, that we don't lose relationship. I gotta tell you, it isn't worth it. It's not worth losing a family member or a friend member over. We should do whatever we can to find a way to create unity. We should get around people and just encourage them and just show love to them and love all people. And, and we should pray for people. We, wait, we should pray for people and honour people and lift them up. Building other people's lives will help you build your life. It's so true. And I really believe this as well. If you wanna be building your life in this season, you're gonna need people around you. You're gonna need friends. You're gonna need those people that are maybe like-minded, that are on the same page, that actually can get in your world and can send you an encouraging text or let you know that they're praying for you or just get alongside and just help you on the journey. First thing is this, okay? A friend of God has ownership. 
The second thing, a friend of God can believe for more. And the third thing, a friend of God is a friend to many. Is a friend to many. Is that okay? It's kind of practical, but I think that's what we need because building stuff is practical. Moving on is practical. There's things in our life that we have to start to rearrange and change and decisions that need to be made. And it's practical, but we need to include God in it as well. If you wanna build your life, you have to build your relationship with Jesus. If you wanna build your world, you have to begin to build that friendship, begin to work on it, start to spend the time, okay? Time builds relationship. I don't know if you know that. You start to get closer the more that you spend time. So can I just urge you and encourage you, please go to the Word of God. Make it a daily devotion to just spend time in His Word. Just do whatever you can to try and continue to get closer and closer to Him. Spend time in prayer. Talk with Him. Make your life just one act of worship. Get close with God. Get closer with Him. And uh, today, as we finish, I want to pray. I want to pray for anyone who's feeling like maybe in life uh, they've been striving for this relationship. I want to pray right now that we would just know what it is to be close with God. That we would just we would just be close with Him. That we would understand that we are called His friends. In fact, you're called His son and His daughter, and He loves you so much, and He sees you. And He knows the things that are so desperately on your heart. And He wants to walk with you in this season and in this journey. And He's just saying to us today, like, I actually really like you. (laughs) That seems weird. That's what my son said to me this morning. The first thing we woke up and he's just like standing. I was woke up in his bed too, right? So it's even weirder. He was just standing there and he's just like, I like you, Dad. I like you, Dad. (laughs) But I really sense that today, that someone just needs to hear that. God really, really likes you. God really loves you. God just wants to be, He just wants you to be in friendship with Him. And, uh, and I just, I would love just to take a moment today for us just to fix our gaze on Him. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the beginning and the end. He is the answer that not just the world needs. Come on, He's the answer that we need. And so just in this moment with every eye closed, just let's just take an opportunity just to set our heart on Him. We build our life when we build that relationship with Jesus. We build our life when we take a moment to say, Jesus, I know that You've picked me, but right now I'm picking You. Come on, let's choose to pick relationship with Jesus over everything else. Let's make our friendship with Him the first thing. Let's make our friendship with Him the starting place. Let's make friendship with Him the beginning of our daily journey and our daily walk. Right now, I just pray, oh, that God, we would know You are near, that You're not far away, that You're close. That God, even in the tricky seasons, Lord, even when it's tough and there's questions and there's kind of struggles, that Lord, You still call us friend. Oh, that You are graced, You grace us, Lord, You call us. Father, You ask us in. You are inviting us in. And right now, I just pray that there would be a sense of hope because of that for someone. I just ask for confidence right now and understanding that for someone in the room, that they are enough because Jesus, You are enough. 
we can't do this without you, Jesus. We can't make it anymore. So I pray, Lord, for the person that feels like life has just kind of been whatever it is and that is going with the motion, I declare ownership in the name of Jesus. Oh, that Lord, they would know what it is to take a hold of the purpose that you have for their life. Oh, Father, that they would know that the relationship with you means that they can actually keep moving forward and keep stepping forward. Lord, I pray for the person that is feeling like they're lacking in faith and trust. Oh God, I ask for a a refreshing moment. Let the living waters flow. Oh Jesus, we pray, Lord, that as we come to You, Lord, that we would take a drink that would quench the thirst forever. Oh, that Lord, You would fill that gap, that You would answer that question, that God, whatever they're asking for, I pray that they would receive that we would receive it in the Name of Jesus. Receive freedom in the Name of Jesus. Come on, receive peace in the Name of Jesus. Receive a joy, a joy that only comes from Jesus. It's better than anywhere else. Lord, I pray right now for the person who maybe is struggling to connect. God, would we know what it is to be a friend? Lord, because You are the greatest example of what friendship should look like. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. God, I just want to take a moment just to pray for you. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.